comes through serving, from having a servant's heart. That's what brings greatness in the kingdom of God. So we can all be great because we can all serve. And so uh, we need many more of you. And not only need, we want many more of you to be a part of our serving family. You know, every church has three families, the church family, the serving family, the giving family. We need, need and want more of you to be a part of the serving family. There's many areas in the house of God where you can serve, where you can be a blessing, where you can impact people on whatever level that you are capable. We have people that serve four or five services a week. We have people that work once a week. We have people that work twice a month. We have people that work once a month. So we want to make that available to you because of the blessing that's on your life when you serve. It also helps you to meet a lot of people. So when service is overnight, plus we need a whole new team, a whole new family of servers to move to the west side with us, all right? So uh, if you're interested in that, when service is over, all of our departments are set up in the lobby. They'll be out there tonight to answer any questions you may have regarding different areas that they could answer you. We'll also give you one of these greatnesses calling folders. All right, that explains to you serving and, and areas to serve in and has your volunteer application in it. If you've already picked one up and you haven't brought it back, what are you waiting for? Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I took one home and I don't know where I put it. That's okay. We have more. <laughs> we have thousands more. All right? So I hope you'll pick one up. I hope you'll become a part of the serving family. And I know that it'll bless you. Amen. All right. Are you ready to get in the... Oh, you know what? I forgot to read this to you. It's too late now. I already passed the offering. But it's a great testimony and I want to read it to you. We got this in the offering Sunday. One Sunday morning, I sat in my car and I made a simple prayer. God, don't let me go. As I cried, I had no idea where to go or where to start. I just knew I had to get into church, and I came here to Abundant, and I walked in. Had not slept all weekend. I was still drunk, high, coming off of drugs from a crazy weekend, a life I was a prisoner of. God has done amazing things in my life. He turned my life around, delivered me, and all because there was a seat for me. Now it's my turn to pay for a few, for, listen to this. Now it's my turn to pay for a future patient's seat who needs spiritual healing from our physician, Jesus Christ. God has tripled everything in my life, so it is only fit that I buy three seats. Sincerely, a patient of Abundant Living Faith Center. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Wow. Amen. Can we just lift our hands and thank God tonight? Lord, we just honor you and worship you. Lord, I just honor you and worship you for that life. That man, that woman, I don't, I don't know. I just honor you tonight. That we were able to labor with you to bring this to pass. Thank you, Master. Amen. All right. Tonight we begin this new series called No Longer 
slaves. Somebody ought to write a song with that phrase in it. How many of you agree with me? It'd be a beautiful, I can already see it. I'm no longer, write this down. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Was that brilliant or was that brilliant? That would make an awesome song, I think, all right? The reality is so many people today find themselves bound or slaves in different areas of life, in different ways, to different things. Religion holds many people in bondage, a bondage of fear. Our backgrounds hold many people in bondage of fear. Our culture, oftentimes, if we're not careful, we're raised in a culture of fear. False beliefs, believing things that aren't even true, can hold us in a bondage of fear. Circumstances, right? The circle you are standing in can hold you in a bondage of fear. Past experiences. Hmm? Past experiences. I remember when I first started dating Rochelle, we were driving down Mesa one day, and I was driving, and I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> it's not bragging if it's fact. And I was driving down Mesa, and, and, and when you're driving, if you've never been on Mesa, people come down off the mountain, and sometimes they come up to the stoplights or the stop signs a little quick, right? Because their cars build momentum coming down the hill. And so uh, we were coming, and about literally, literally, a half a mile in front of us, a guy was coming down in his car, and Rochelle started slamming her foot on the floorboard, like trying to hit the brake, right? And started hitting the dash like this. And I hit the brakes, and I'm looking around because I thought something was like immediately in front of the car, and it was a half a mile down the road. And then I found out that when she was in high school, someone had run a stop sign and ran into her. And so that past experience had produced in her a bondage of fear. She had nothing to be afraid of. The car was a half, literally, I'm not exactly, if she was here, she would vouch to it, was a half a mile in front of us. But how many of you know fear is unreasonable? Okay, so your past experiences, listen to this, opinions. And boy, do we live in a world today full of opinions. Opinions can hold us in a bondage of fear. Now, all of these things, religion, backgrounds, culture, false beliefs, circumstances, past experience, opinions, they can all produce fear in our lives. They don't always do it, but they can do it. Over the next four weeks, we are going to show you how to overcome whatever it is that may be trying to enslave you in your life. How to take the Word of God and apply it to your life to where you can be free from whatever is holding you and trying to make you or maybe already has you enslaved to it. 
Can I tell you the truth tonight? I hate fear. I hate it. I have a real distaste for it. Because for many years of my life, I was held in the grips of fear. I lived my entire life thinking that my knotted stomach was ordinary life. Thinking that I never was measuring up, that no matter what I did, people would not like me. I was always fearful and trying to get approval from everyone. And all of that, I found out later, were symptoms of fear. 1 John chapter 4, listen to this, says fear has torment. Fear has torment. It's amazing how many people are living around us in torment. Mental torment, emotional torment, physical torment, even spiritual torment because of fear in their life that ends up holding them in bondage. We see people oftentimes in life that are fully capable of doing something, but fear paralyzes them. Fear stops them. You, you may have had the opportunity to, to, to try out for a promotion at work, but you didn't even try because of fear, even though you're probably smarter and more gifted than the person that got it. You missed a good chance to say amen right there. Never miss a chance to say amen to good things. All right? So we're going to show you how to take the word of God and overcome it, whatever its source. Why? Because when we live enslaved by fear, we give Satan access to our lives and are robbed of the life and blessings that God has for us. If you have your Bible, turn to me to the book of Job, the third chapter. The book of Job is right in front of the book of Psalms, all right? Pretty easy to find. The book of Psalms is the biggest book in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. Just go to the left and you'll run into the book of Job. Job makes an astounding statement here in this chapter. It's one of the most revealing scriptures you'll ever read about life, right? Job 3. Have you got it? Look at verse 25. Job writing, he said, For the thing which I so greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. So here we see that, that, that he became enslaved to fear and fear brought some really bad stuff into his life. Now, it wasn't just a momentary moment of fear. It wasn't, you know, just a bad dream. He said, the thing I so greatly feared. So this was longstanding, working in his life, and it stopped him. Here was a man that was enjoying the blessings of God, he had an incredible life. He was the richest man in his part of the world. The scripture says so. He was the richest man in his part of the world. And yet, and the Bible said that there was a hedge built around him. And that fear from the inside tore that hedge down and gave Satan access to his life. And so here we see the danger of living a life bound by, tormented by fear. When in fact... Jesus never intended for any of us to live that way. You know what's interesting? I read this a couple of years ago. Every human, no matter what nation you're born in, no matter what ethnicity you're of, all of us are born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. 
All right? So we are born, all of us are born with that fear. It's innate in us, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And yet, medical science has diagnosed over 2,000 phobias or fears. And so now think about that with me, right? You're, we're born with two. And yet, they have diagnosed now over 2,000 of them. So where did the other 2,000 come from? Hmm? We've all met people that have unreasonable fears. Fears that sometimes we hear about and laugh because it's funny to us, but it's not funny to them. Terrified. Where did they get it? You know, I told you the funny story about Rochelle pumping the floor. Here's the other side of that story. A few months later, I'm driving down the same street, and now I have Rochelle's mom in the car. She's in the back seat. We're going down Mesa again. There's another car, this time about a quarter of a mile ahead of us. And he comes up to the stop sign and quick, but he stops. Rochelle does not pump the imaginary brake pedal on her side of the car. But Rochelle's mom, who is sitting behind me, starts pumping the imaginary brake pedal on her side of the car. And not only that, starts hitting the back of my seat, yelling, stop, 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 stop. I am not proud to tell you that I, at that time in my life, I was not the sweet, loving, kind man you see in front of you today. We had what could be called in religious circles a come-to-Jesus meeting in the car. I finally asked her mother, when were you in a wreck? Never but my daughter was. Now, we're laughing, but it was very real to her. So she wasn't born with that fear. So if you're not born with it, where'd you get it? You learned it. It was suggested to you. Someone in your family gave it to you. Somebody at school told you you should be. You saw something on television that planted the seed in you. Or... Or just the forces of darkness in the earth began to whisper it in your ear. And now you may be enslaved to something that is stopping you from having the life and the blessings that God wants you to have. All right? Still with me? I know I'm going kind of slow, but I, I feel like I need to because I want you to see this. But here's the good news. You can overcome it. And no longer live as a slave to it. You can live a bold, empowered, free life, not as a slave. If you have your Bible, turn with me now to the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter. Are you ready to rock and roll a little bit? Galatians chapter five. Love the book of Galatians and love this verse of scripture. Galatians chapter 5. As you study the book of Galatians, you discover that there are several themes in the book of Galatians, but one of the main themes is, is the comparison between slavery and freedom. 
that, you, that, that we were slaves, but now we're free. We were slaves, but now we're free. We were in bondage, but Jesus came to give you freedom. Right? When Cruz was up here, he quoted the verse to you out of Romans, John the 8th chapter. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Son has come to set you free from any type of bondage or sense of slavery in your life. Can I get a hallelujah on that right there? Amen. And so he has come to set us free. All right. Want you to not live a life of torment, but instead to live a life of freedom, a life where you enjoy the life Jesus came to give you and you walk in that freedom, not tormented by fear. I'm not saying that fear is not going to be around you. I'm not saying fear, fears are going to come knock on your door, but you can learn from the word of God how to overcome it why you can overcome it, and how to live above it. And that's what we're going to teach you, all right? How you can overcome it and then live above it. Even though it comes to the door with a package, you just say, not signing for it, goodbye. Amen? Because you've learned how to be free. How many of you like the sound of all that, right? You can be free, all right? Have you found Galatians 5, verse 1? He says, stand fast, therefore. Stand fast, therefore. Listen to the wording. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty or the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. All right? So look what he says. He says for you and I not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says instead for us to live in the freedom that God has given us. So there is a freedom that God wants me and you you, your family, your children, to stand fast in, to get to be in the freedom. And look at the verb, the verb tense, past tense. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty or the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. So he makes this bold, powerful statement. So, you, so listen to me now. If you're here tonight, you're being tormented by fear, mentally, emotionally, socially, whatever it is, all right? The first thing that I want to get across to you tonight is that Jesus has already declared freedom for your life. He's already stated that that freedom is yours. That freedom has been provided. It's not something you have to ask for. It's not something you have to beg for. It's not something you have to fast for. It's something that you need to accept, embrace, bring into your life and stand fast in that freedom and speak out against that fear from that place of freedom. All right? Look at it again. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. Is that us, us? Is that us, you and me, the people in this room tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's us. Now, why am I spending so much time on this? And I'm sure there's a couple of you thinking, why is he getting so wired up about this verse? Because when you are bound by fear, this is a lifeline to you. Because fear tells you you're never going to get free. Can I get an amen from that? It tells you you're never going to get free. Whatever that fear is. Whatever that fear is, it will tell you you'll never be. This is the way it's going to be. You were made this way. You're going to live like this. You don't have any hope. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. Everybody in our family lives with this fear. Okay, well, maybe all of them do. But thank God you came tonight, and now we're going to break off that family tree and break you off a new branch. 
to where you now begin to take your life, your kids, your family in a new direction. Amen. All right? And I'm going to say to you again, the reason why I get so fired up about this is because I lived so many years tormented by fear. I know the torment of fear. I know it. Not kind of. I know it well. All right? The torment of fear. I know sleepless nights. I know to where you think your mind is going to break. And you almost wish it would. I know the unreasonableness of it. And thank Jesus, I found out in this amazing book how to take the promises of God and break that chain and live above it. And you can too. You can learn how to do it too. Amen? And so here, here he has brought this reality to us, right? So the Apostle Paul declares our freedom as a statement of accomplished fact. Love that. Because fear will tell you, well, but that's, that's, that's just something maybe could happen in your life if you weren't you. If you weren't you. Now, of course, it'll happen for Charles because God wanted him to be a pastor. So God had to let that happen in his life. But you've been this way forever. No, it has nothing to do with being a pastor. It has everything to do with finding out Standing on this statement, first place, Christ has made me free. Christ has made me free. Say it with me. Christ has made me free. Christ has made me free. Christ has not made me a slave. Christ has made me free. Christ has made me free. And now he tells me to stand fast in that, right? So Paul declares our freedom as a statement of accomplished fact, already done. Ours because of what Jesus did and completed at the cross. Was done. Who made us free? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Love it, love it, love it. All right? Our freedom is in him. Our freedom is in him. It's not in us. It's in him. Now, there's things that we're going to do that I'm going to show you how to do with the word of God to, to get from where you are to where God wants you to live, right, in that freedom. But I want you to already see yourself and start speaking to yourself and kind of get that spiritual indignation to your life to where you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus didn't come to give, me, to give me life of sleepless nights. Jesus didn't come to give me a life where I can't get on an airplane and go somewhere with my family. Jesus didn't come to give me a life to where I'm afraid of driving in a car. Jesus didn't come to give me a life where I'm afraid of the dark or my kids are afraid of the dark. Uh-uh. No way, Jose. 
That's not the life that Jesus came to give me. Can I get an amen on that, right? I'm not. So, so you, 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 it's important that you take this and you begin to apply it to your life, right? So it's in him. I like to say it like this. Freedom is his gift to us. Don't you love that? It's his gift to us. It's his gift to us. He's gifted you with freedom. Now, here's a good example, right? Let's, let's take this as an example. There's a fellow in jail, right? He's in jail. He's in bondage. He's in jail. And for some reason, he gets suddenly pardoned. He gets pardoned. Picked up, moved out of jail, put on the sidewalk. Gets suddenly pardoned. We all agree he did nothing to get the pardon. The pardon was a gift. He was gifted with it. Right? He was gifted with that pardon. Now, here's the important, here's, the, here's an important part. The important part is that he's gifted with the pardon. But here's the secondary important part. Now, it's kind of up to him to stay in that freedom. Hmm? It's kind of up to him. In fact, I think we could take the word kind of out of it. It's up to him now to live in the freedom that he was gifted. Amen? So, Jesus came and gifted you with freedom. So what I want you to do, start to, you know, how many of you know I can't teach you everything the first night? I mean, I could if you wanted to stay till like three in the morning. I'm not. Settle down. Some of you broke through your deodorant right there. You were like, oh my God, what if somebody raises their hand and he does it? How are we just going to get up and walk out when he's teaching on this incredible subject? I'm going to look like I'm afraid. (laughs) I can't say, Pastor. I'm afraid. (laughs) No, it's not going to happen. All right? The nursery workers will come and haul me off the stage. You don't have to be afraid of it. Amen. All right? So, now, let me read to you. so, So, the man is free. He did nothing. He did nothing to earn his freedom, yet he is free. Now he must receive his freedom as a privilege and accept the responsibility to remain free. The book of Galatians, as I said, has one major theme, slavery versus freedom. We were gifted freedom. Freedom from what? The Bible says that before Christ came and before we received Jesus into our lives, we are all slaves to the law of sin and death. We are slaves to it. Hmm? We are sinners by nature. Now, I have people argue with me about that, and all I do is just say, go look at a room full of two- and three-year-olds, and you will see that sin is in us by nature. Nobody teaches them to act like they act sometimes. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Right? I mean, nobody. Nobody teaches them. Nobody teaches them. Hmm? Why do they do it? Why do they take things? Why do they hit each other? Why do they bite? Why do they 
when they get a little older, lie through their cute little teeth. And you, know, have you ever had a three or four-year-old just stand there and look you in the eye and lie to you? Lie to you. I'm going to wait for some truthful parents in here tonight. Yeah, your little angel, your little darling. Hmm? Who taught them to do that? Their fault. No, no, no. No way. They got that from your side of the family. I'm telling you right now. No, they got that from the human family, honey. Why? Because the sin nature is in us. And we are powerless to overcome it. But the Bible says that when Christ came, he broke the power of sin off of our lives. Let me say that to some of you again. He broke the power of sin off of your life. There's somebody in here tonight that for a long time, sin has been lying to you and telling you that that habit you have in your life, that in fact is sin, that you have no power over it, when in fact, Christ has already broken the power of it over your life, and you can quit it. You can quit it tonight. You can quit it tonight. Now, fear's going to tell you you can't. Fear's going to tell you you can't walk away that easy. Fear's going to tell you you can't do it. You can't. But I'm telling you that you can't. But Christ in your life breaks the power of sin so you are no longer a slave to the law of sin and death, but now you live according to the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. So I don't have to be fearful. I am in Christ Jesus, and in Christ I live according to the law of life, not according to the law of sin and death. Is that making sense to you? Is that good? So no, no matter what it is in your life, I don't care if I'm going to be bold and I'm going to just tell it the way it is. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's fear. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's cigarettes. I don't care if it's crack. I don't care if it's PCP. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's porn. I don't care if it's gambling. I don't care if it's just negative thoughts in your life. I don't care if it's panic attacks. Christ can set you free in one second. As you identify with who you are in him, in him, I live, I move, I have my being. Yeah, but you've always been that way. Yeah, but that person that was always that way died when I accepted Christ as Savior in my life. I'm now a new creation. Is that making sense to you? See, you take the word of God, the statement of truth in scripture, and you fight back against the lies of whatever this thing is trying to put you in slavery is saying to you. Hmm? And you begin to see yourself as they see you. Are you glad you came tonight? So we are no longer slaves, right? We were slaves to the law of sin and death and its repercussions. Sin and death. Sin brings death. But we have been set free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8. Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. Beautiful. Okay? So we're no longer slaves to that. We are no longer slaves to fear, to bondage. All right? Now, 
at some other things, but I'm running out of time. In fact, I am out of time. Here's something vital. It is vital that we believe and accept our free life. That we believe and accept. I want you to quit believing in your slave life, and I want you to start believing in your free life. Did you hear what I just said? I want you to quit believing in the power of your slave life. And I want you to start believing in your free life. Free. I just can't control my anger. I quit letting the devil lie to you. Quit letting the devil take that thing and destroy your friendships, your loved ones, your life. Quit letting the devil lie to you. You can control it right now. If you start believing in the power of your free life instead of the power of your slave life. Now, I'm sorry to be so blunt, but I've only got a couple of minutes left. Okay? So we got to believe in that power, right? This freedom is what Christ, it is freedom that Christ made us free for. It is freedom that Christ made us free for. Okay? The word freedom is defined as a state of being free or at liberty rather than confined. We are free from the power of sin the guilt and the condemnation that comes with it. We are free from the captivity of Satan and we are free from the curse. We are free to use the ordinances of God and apply them to our life. We are are free to access God and have boldness at the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16. Paul encourages us you could even say warns us to defend our freedom. All-time favorite verse, me, in this area. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. Let me say it again. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. Why is that so favorite to you, Charles? Because if God has not given it to me, I don't have to have it. Now, if God had given it to me, I'm stuck with it because it came down from on high. But God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I choose power, love, and a sound mind, and I reject fear's lies to enslave me into its bondage. No matter how much of it is around me, no matter how long it's been in me or in my family or in my family tree. God's not giving it to you. And if God's not giving it to you, you don't have to have it. You don't have to have it. Almost done, right? Our gift, the gift of freedom, listen, is the ability to overcome. Our gift, the gift of freedom, is the ability to overcome. Our gift, the gift of freedom, is the promises of God. Our gift, the gift of freedom, is the manifestation of the God kind of life in your life. Our gift, the gift of freedom, is freedom from the fear of torment 
repercussions, and defeat. Stand firm. And over the next few weeks, we're going to teach you how to stand firm. Stand firm in the liberty that Christ has given you and don't allow a yoke of fear or bondage to be put back on your life. Amen? Do we get off to a good start tonight? Amen. Stand your feet with me, please. Let's pray. Do I have a total? Oh. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Are you ready to rejoice a little bit? We are already at $38,000. Come on, somebody. Come on. So we already got our tithe back. Remember, we tithe to Tapestries of Life. So God's already given us that back and, and above. And we haven't even really started. Amen. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank him and I thank you. Amen. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in here tonight. And Lord, I believe tonight that we're going to walk out of this room tonight with a, with, with, with a joy in our step, with an expectation in our life, with a sense of power and freedom working inside of us. Because we know tonight that whom the Son sets free and the Son is in us, whom the Son sets free, Jesus did not come to give us life and life more in bondage. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. Whom the Son sets free is free in Indeed. And we declare tonight that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear has no authority in my life, in my family, in my future, in my present. It has no authority there. I am free because the Son has made me free. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. I love you. See you back this weekend.